When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of Dig Straight Down with me, your host, Rebel JC. If it's a little echoey, I apologize. I am in a closet right now. Uh, It's nap time at my house, and my wife and the two babies are asleep in the next room. So I had to uh, run into a closet, shut the door, and uh, make sure that I don't disturb them. So... You know, when you're doing something like this, you just gotta you gotta grab all the free time that is available to you. And I don't want this to this day to end without me having recorded an episode. And so I'm just making do with the best that I have. So uh, you're just gonna have to forgive any echo that you hear. Hopefully, it's not too bad. So I hope everybody's doing well with the quarantine. I I, I initially thought that it would not last this long. Um, to be honest, uh, as far as I'm concerned and my family, it really isn't that bad. I'm really enjoying working from home. Thankfully, I have a job where I'm able to work from home pretty easily. So it's been a pretty positive experience, really, uh, for us. I've really enjoyed being able to spend more time with my kids and more time with my wife and just to help them throughout the day when I have some free time. And I've just really enjoyed it. I hope everyone else's experience has not been too negative and that you're able to take advantage of this opportunity because, I mean, how often do we get to stay at home, you know? And the, there's there are things that, the opportunities that open up when we are staying at home and have this time um, that we might not have anymore. So just, uh, I encourage you to take a look around you. If you're bored or if you feel like you have a lot of free time, you don't know what to do with it, just take a look around you. And, uh, and I'm sure there's something positive that you can do something that you can progress in in your personal life at the end of this quarantine you will uh, have benefited from so I encourage you to do that and look on the positive sides rather than the negative another positive that has come out of this quarantine for me is that I have a lot I've had a lot more time to watch uh, YouTube and I know that sounds kinda silly but I've really enjoyed being in the deep end of the Minecraft creative community and really seeing what people are doing with Minecraft as a platform, it's just been really cool. Um, just kind of consuming all of the content that all these creative people are putting out. And I really, like, I know I'm a beginner. This podcast is not a big podcast or anything. But I, I am honored to be a part of that community, even in a very small way. It's really cool. The people that I've connected with on Twitter and on other social media, um, it's just been really cool to meet these awesome people and just to be inspired by their creativity. So I've really been enjoying what people have been doing with the recent snapshots from the Nether update. Um, The last snapshot that came out recently, I don't have the number with me right now, but uh, it was the one that introduced the Blackstone block, and I am just absolutely in love with this block. It is so beautiful, especially the gilded variety. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, please go look up the, the recent Minecraft snapshot. This block is, it basically is the, the 
uh, nether version of just regular stone. So you can pretty much do anything that you can do with regular stone in the overworld with this block, including, and this is vital to survival in the nether, you can create furnaces with the blackstone. And that has been the one thing that I can think of that was the one missing piece in creating a sustainable way to survive in the nether. Um, we didn't have the ability to smelt anything until now. So with this with this blackstone block, you can create a, a uh, furnace just like you can in the overworld with regular stone. And with that, you can smelt all the gold you need, um, as well as any, any other uh, food that you would like to cook. All smelting is now open to you in the nether, so it's really cool to see Mojang create a uh, way more sustainable way to survive in the end, which is really the point of this nether update. And I'm just super excited once this come out to move to the nether and just set up base there and just see how far I can go um, surviving in the nether with nothing, no help whatsoever from the overworld. That's really exciting to me to think about. I really do think that the piglin bastions, uh, whenever they come out, uh, will be made out of blackstone. If you look at some of the blocks that you can create with blackstone, there's a lot of structural things, a lot of things that you can use to build really cool structures and houses with, and it has this really cool weathered, almost uh, evil black texture to it that would really go well as a sort of fortress looking thing um, in the nether, and it would be really cool to see the piglins living in something like that. Um, the basalt delta, which is now uh, it's a new biome in the nether, and it might be my favorite new biome in the nether. Uh, Soul Sand Valley still holds that position in my heart right now. Just because of all the blue fire and the blue fog, I really think that that looks really cool. But the Basalt Delta, it just looks amazing. It's like this fractured, shattered biome with spiky basalt pillars coming out of lava and stuff. It looks very evil, very villainous. It would be really cool to create an evil wizarding castle or something in the Basalt Delta. Um, it's something definitely to look at and uh, take a lot of inspiration from, and I'm really, really excited to get into that once this update finally hits the game. So guys, last episode I talked about improving the Ender Dragon battle and adding some new in blocks. And for those of you who might just now be starting listening to this podcast, um, the last couple episodes I've started a very short series of episodes talking about a uh, hypothetical end dimension update, similar to what they're doing already with the nether. Um, I really do think that the end dimension really needs an update, um, and I think that we might be seeing this sooner rather than later. I do think that we're going to see a cave update before an, uh, a proper end update, but I do think that an end update is coming much sooner than we might think. So that's what I want to talk about this episode, is I'm going to talk about surviving in the end, and uh, being able to survive specifically in the end with no help from the nether or the overworld. So in order to live sustainably in the end, we need a farmable food source in the form of crops and mobs. Uh, we need a source of wood, which is essential to crafting. We need the ability to create tools and weapons. We need good building blocks that aren't just purper and in stone. Please, I want more blocks in the, in the end. That's one of the biggest things that's missing in the end is more blocks. Um, and we need the ability to set a respawn point. And in this episode, I'm going to go through that list and just sort of create a hypothetical solution for all of these needs for a hypothetical end update. 
Now the first thing I want to talk about is crops and farmable food. So right now we have chorus fruit, of course, and those grow on the chorus plants. You can find those in the outer end islands. There's a really cool wonky looking plant, and if you uh, chop it down, it falls apart like a bamboo, and it drops chorus fruit. Uh, if you eat these in its raw form, it teleports you a few blocks in different directions randomly. But if you cook the chorus fruit, it becomes popped chorus fruit, which you can eat. I think it fills your hunger bar up even more, and you don't teleport randomly. So it's a pretty cool and interesting item that comes from the end. It's a food source, but it does have a functionality and a depth that's more than just to fill your hunger bar, which is a pretty cool thing. In the previous episode, I talked about a plant called crawling roots, which would be really cool to add to the end. Uh, this plant is basically just a vine that grows horizontally along the ground. If you planted this on the shore or on the border of an end island and bow mulled it, it could go across the void and just grow in a straight line across the void, and you could sneak and walk along it to bridge across islands. And if, if you don't have any ender pearls or elytra on you, it would be a very fun nerve-wracking, dangerous way to cross the end, but it would serve a purpose. I do think that I could add one more thing to this plant, which would be uh, crawling root pods. And the idea is that these vines produce pods that can be plucked and eaten, or they can be planted to grow more crawling roots. Um, it would just be a very simple way to add a new food item to the end. Another idea that I had from last episode was the addition of the end version of grass, just some sort of small undergrowth or vegetation. Uh, and if you, in my mind, if you punch this grass, it could drop seeds, which then you could plant to grow end grain. And this would be just another version of wheat. Um, maybe it's gluten-free for everybody who needs to be gluten-free or whatever. Um, but basically, it, with this, you could just create bread. Not every food that we would add to the game would have to be really unique and really um, have interesting features, although that is always a positive. But sometimes just a simple addition that has a single use, sometimes just those one feature items are enough. Now, it's one thing to have a lot of vegetables and bread to eat in the end, um, but the game is called Minecraft, and I think that we would be missing out on a big thing if we did not add something to mine in the end. Of course, in the overworld, we have incredible amounts of things to mine, um, and in the nether, even, we have tons of new blocks and new ore to mine for, um, not least of which is netherite, so the, even the nether has a lot of things to mine for. And I'm really hoping that when they finally do an end update, they do add a lot of new ores and a lot of new materials to mine for. So my ideas of things to mine for in the end, first of all, starting simple, would be end iron ore. Um, iron is something that is always very useful to have um, in a survival game. And I do think that because they added gold ore to the nether. These new ores don't always have to be new, original, never-before-seen things. They can just be a rehash of something that we've already seen in the overworld. So these would be in stone or some other material that is infused with iron ore. If you mine it without silk touch, it just drops iron nuggets, which you can then craft into iron ingots and then use as you would normally use an iron ingot. That would be a really simple thing to add to the end, which would make the end so much more easy to survive in. Now, as I was researching some 
minerals and materials that could possibly find a cool home in the end. I came across shale, um, and shale is a material, it's a mineral that looks very, um, it has a very tiley look to it. And I think that a shale block could make a really cool roofing texture. A lot of people like that tiled roof look that sometimes you can get it with um, prismarine, dark prismarine blocks. Um, if we added something that was a little bit less colored, maybe a little bit more monochrome or gray even, it would be a really cool versatile roofing block to have that could be used in multiple different kinds of um, styles. So shale would be a really cool thing to add to the end. Now I do think that it doesn't really make much sense that purpur is a vegetable block because right now you can only craft purpur with popped chorus fruits which of course are vegetables and this thing looks like a mineral it looks like straight up bricks so I think it would be cool to add a purpur material like a raw purpur block to the terrain of Minecraft that you can mine out um, and then you can craft it into purpur bricks you can craft it into chiseled purpur bricks you can do all those things that you would normally do with a basic stone block um, but it doesn't really make sense for this to be something that you craft out of vegetables because it really does look like a mineral block. So I would add a raw purpur material to the end terrain. Another thing that would be really cool to add to the end would be tanzanite ore. Now in real life tanzanite is a violet and blue gemstone and it has a similar coloring to the portal blocks in the nether portal. Um, this could be reasonably rare in the end, maybe as rare as lapis is in the overworld. The ore could drop tanzanite gems, which could be crafted to make a tanzanite block. Um, and this would be used to make something really cool that I'll get to in just a minute. But first, the last thing that I would add to mine in the end would be magnetite. And this would be a little bit more accessible than a netherite block, but it would look similar enough to netherite because the thing is, People really like the netherite block texture. It has a very clean, metallic look to it. Something that is very rare in the game because um, with the exception of blackstone and a, one or two other blocks, there really isn't anything that has that really dark gray, nearly black, metallic look to it um, that netherite has. But netherite blocks are so difficult to get in survival mode that it's really not practical to go after. Um, having magnetite... Uh, look similar to netherite blocks but be more accessible than netherite blocks would be a good move especially for builders. Um, these blocks would generate as single blocks at the core of end islands, maybe more than single blocks in some of the larger islands. It would be a medium to dark gray and could be polished into a sleek metallic texture. Uh, and you could combine it with tanzanite to create a tesseract, which we would use to respawn. Now, a tesseract, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a theoretical uh, geometric shape that only exists in the fourth dimension. It's basically a fourth dimensional cube. But a lot of sci-fi uses the tesseract as a powerful item or a powerful thing, uh, similar to how it was used in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but we could use this in Minecraft to set our respawn points in the end dimension. Since the end dimension really is about physics and how physics could be twisted a little bit and all the teleportation and stuff. So uh, I think you could craft the Tesseract with four Tanzanite blocks and four Magnetite blocks. This would create a 2x2 two two structure 
with cool sound effects and some cool particle effects, and maybe it has to be charged with ender pearls in the same way that the respawn anchor has to be charged with glowstone. Uh, and this is a really cool mechanic that Mojang is using to keep us from ending up in a uh, respawn loop. So, for instance, say you, re you set your spawn point in the nether um, out in the open, and uh, you go off a few hundred blocks and you die. And then you respawn back at your respawn point, but then you're immediately killed by a ghast. And then you respawn again and you're immediately killed by the same ghast. And it just happens over and over. Now, if your respawn point was not did not have to be charged up to four times with glowstone, you would just be stuck in that loop forever and ever until you just quit the game. Uh, so that was a really clever way for them to keep you from getting into that situation. And I do think with a place as dangerous as the end, you would need the same mechanic. So maybe for the Tesseract, you have to charge it with four Ender Pearls, which would make a lot of sense too, because Ender Pearls have a lot to do with teleportation, and basically when you're respawning, you're teleporting back to a certain point. So it just kind of plays into the lore a little bit. Now I thought long and hard about how you might be able to incorporate trading into the end dimension, and I personally really do not like the idea of adding a end villager, so any sort of villager variance to the end, or really any sort of sentient life form to the end, because I feel like that role is filled uh, by the Endermen. The Endermen sort of have this very strange, mysterious sentience about them that you kind of get the idea they're, they, they are thinking creatures, they're, they're, they know kind of what they're doing, but they're still very strange and alien-like, so I feel like keeping them in that role uh, really is important. So I don't really like the idea of adding some sort of new citizen to the end um, that is sort of like a humanoid uh, intelligent creature. So uh, adding trading to the end was really sort of a challenge to me. Um, but I came up with this idea and I really really like it and I really kinda want to hear people's um, feedback on this one particularly. So what if there were rifts in the fabric of space-time that, that popped up occasionally, and if you give it chorus fruit or chorus flowers or ender pearls or really any other item, it spits out items from a specific loot table. And in my mind, this is kind of playing on the first law of thermodynamics, which I really had to research for this episode. Um, and the first law of thermodynamics is that the mass of the universe is constant. Uh, my idea is if you send something with mass from one dimension or parallel universe to another, you get something of equal mass in return from that dimension or universe, because both universes and both dimensions have to retain the same amount of mass. It's kind of playing into that uh, physics theme that the end has going on. Uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding this complicated physics, but I still think it's a fun idea, and it expands on the notion that the end is all about strange physics. Now to populate the end dimension update, um, I came up with a few ideas for new mobs. Uh, the first one, keeping it pretty simple, would be quark sludge, and these would be basically be the slimes of the end. These would be teleporting violet slimes that drop membranes to repair elytra. Um, I know that originally phantoms were going to be native to the end. And since they scrapped that idea and they tied the phantoms more to um, this, the state of the player and how long you've slept or how long you haven't slept, replacing the 
membrane drop to something that's native to the end, I think would be a great idea so that it makes more sense because elytra comes from the end and you need to repair the elytra with membrane, it would make more sense for membrane to also come from the end. And maybe it could still be dropped by phantoms, but I like the idea of having something in the end that drops membranes. If you're going to set up an end base and live entirely in the end, it would be good to have something there to repair your elytra. Now I love the idea of having mobs in the void just sort of flying from island to island. So I came up with the idea of a siren. Now in my mind these sirens are kind of bird-like, almost parrot-like uh, creatures that fly in flocks from island to island. Their main function would really be to add atmosphere and life to the end, um, but they could probably drop some pretty cool stuff. Maybe even feathers or or uh, string or something small but useful. I think that having some sort of bird-like creature flying from island to island in flocks would just add a lot of life, not just to the end islands, but to the void itself. Now there has to be more dangerous mobs in the end other than endermen and shulkers, because honestly those two things, it's pretty easy to avoid conflict with those two mobs. So I had the idea of stalkers, and the stalkers are hostile, wolf-like creatures. They spawn in packs, maybe four at the most, and attack the player on sight. And what sets them apart is that they will pursue the player to great distances as long as you're within, as long as they are rendered uh, in the game, that they will they will try to attack you and take you down. Um, this would add a, a big challenge to the to the end. Um, especially if they spawned in a very specific biome. Maybe you have to gear up and prepare to battle your way through the specific biome. Uh, I just think it would be cool to have a very openly hostile mob that is hard to avoid, um, similar to what we already have in the overworld. Now, with all, everything that I'm coming up with to add to an end update, I'm trying to connect it with something that already exists in the end. And on end cities, there are banners, and you craft banners with wool. And so if I'm going to expand on this lore, maybe there's something in the end that produces wool. And so I came up with the idea of the mouflon. Now, the mouflon actually exists in real life. It's just a, a type of sheep. Um, but let's change it a little bit so that it's a little different than just regular sheep. So these would be cow-sized mutated ender sheep. <laughs> and these would drop uh, mutton and you could shear them for black and purple wool, which uh, is what in the lore of this would have crafted those black and purple banners on the end cities. This would be the mob that we would use in the end for a food source. We would create farms for these things that we would be supplied with mutton and wool. And as I was thinking about the end cities and the things that exist in Minecraft that I would like to explain and possibly create something to fill that void in the lore, um, I looked at the elytra, and the elytra is probably the most unique thing that comes out of the end. It's probably the most sought-after thing, um, even more than the shulker boxes to a certain extent. Um, so I looked up the name elytra because it was it's a unique name, and I had I just was wondering where it came from. And apparently, elytra refers to the wing covering of a beetle, so that hard exterior shell that covers the wing of a beetle. And it just made me think, okay, so the game is basically telling us that at least at one point there were beetles 
in the end. And so that kind of caught my imagination a little bit, and I came up with something called the Void Scarab. The Void Scarab would be a very rare hostile mob that spawns in the Void. It doesn't spawn on an island, it spawns in the Void itself. And the interaction between the player and this this monster beetle thing would be, it would be hostile, I think. Um, I think it would be really scary if this thing would come out of the Void and try to pick up the player and, or knock the player into the void. Maybe it picks you up and is slowly flying towards the void just to drop you in and you have to fight it off before it is able to do that or something. Or maybe that's a little too intense, I don't know. But it would be really cool to have something like a mini-boss in the end that you have to battle, um, but also something that you, that you search out too because if you beat this void scarab, it drops a carapace shard. Um, with four carapace shards and four ender pearls, you can create a carapace shell. And these can be added to diamond armor in the smithing table to create scarab armor. And scarab armor grants the wearer protection against fall damage, as well as longer flight duration when flying with elytra. Uh, obviously, this is very much like the netherite armor that you would get out of the nether. It would add a new um, use for the smithing table as well. Now the one thing that I would really love to see too if this was added would be that Elytra could also be combined with a Scarab chestplate and that would it would make a little bit more sense because obviously the lore behind this would be that the Elytra also came from this beetle so you're just sort of piecing it back together in a way that's beneficial to you. Um, but that would be a really cool thing. I would love to see more uh, different kinds of ingots that we can create with different kinds of rare materials in the game that we can then use to upgrade our diamond armor with the smithing table. I don't mind if the smithing table is something that we don't use very often, as long as when we do use it, it's way worth it. It's way worth the grind to get the netherite, um, to get this hypothetical carapace shell. That's something that I think would add to a longevity of gameplay that maybe Minecraft might be lacking in a little bit. But anyway, that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, if you're enjoying the show, as always, consider leaving a review and passing it along to a friend who might like it as well. You can follow me on Twitter at RebelJC underscore 92. And if you have any questions, comments, or you just want to say hi, please drop me a message at digstraightdowncast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Um, and I hope to see you again in the next episode. Until then, keep digging straight down.